You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Umoja app. Um, I'm your host, Imran Daramsi, and on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers and community organizations to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Um, and remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them on the Inspire app, um, Inspire platform of the Umoja app. Um, before we start, we wanted to mention a little bit about that Inspire platform. Um, it is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. So as a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from other professionals who are on that platform. Um, and as a mentor, uh, which you can just sign up to be a mentor in our app, you can give advice by answering those questions. Um, and, and that is, again, available on the Moja app on Android and iOS. Um, one other quick thing, um, please consider supporting the you Mentor Talk Show at mojaoutreach.org slash donate. Um, or through the Moja app. Um, and every little bit goes a long way in opening career doors for our youth and connecting our communities. So we thank you for that. Um, now on to today's speaker. Um, today's speaker is Brother Ahmed Karmali. Um, he is a registered nurse and entrepreneur. Uh, Brother Ahmed was born and raised in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and then he moved to Edmonton, Alberta to pursue further education, uh, where he graduated with his Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. Um, now he is a registered nurse um, in general internal medicine and currently in emergency nursing. Um, and he's been working as a registered nurse for over 15 years. Um, in 2016, um, he co-founded Lifesaver YEG, which is a CPR um, and first aid training business. Um, and also uh, he's been involved in serving the Shia community. Um, notably, he was previously uh, the both program organizer and president of the Shia Center of Edmonton. Um, so we we're very lucky to have him on. Um, let's welcome him on. Assalamualaikum, Brother Ahmed. Alaikum salam, Brother Imran. Uh, thank you very much for the introduction and uh, the invitation to the uh, You Mentor Talk Show. I thank you for the opportunity. Of course, and we thank you uh, for being here. Uh, I think you have some great advice to share. So I know I just did a little bit of an introduction, but if you could perhaps expand on that a little bit, kind of just introduce yourself, um, maybe tell us more about you. Um, why you went into your field, um, and and we'll go from there. Uh, very very interesting story. I let me say this: I never wanted to be a nurse before, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a journey. But I'll explain. Um, I graduated actually. I went. I finished my uh, high school, advanced high school education in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and I graduated with a certificate uh, with economics, commerce, and accounting. But it's something that I. Oh, wow. Love the economics part, but the accounting, the numbers, uh, eventually when I graduated, drove me a little bit uh, kind of over the <laughs> head I, 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 to balance this balance sheet and stuff. So then I also started working as a computer technician with uh, Raha.com and uh, Salama Computers at that time. So I love the computer part. So that got into me as well. So I was looking to pursue further education into computers. But... Uh, I always had a vision that I wanted to uh, go to university. Uh, but again, uh, yeah. that time, the cost of university, even just now, is very expensive. And growing up with humble beginnings, just to think about $10,000 at that time, I was scratching my head. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But uh, I said, you know what, inshallah, let's just do this, so what I'm doing right now. And hopefully, I can get a chance to go to university somewhere and uh, get a degree. That was my vision. Uh, Alhamdulillah, the opportunity came through. Uh, actually, I had three opportunities. My late uncle initially started 
to wanting to sponsor me since when I was uh, in Form 2. So that's about grade 9 or 10, I would say. And unfortunately, he passed away. Okay. So mm. that didn't work out. And then my cousins, mm. uh, he, Marhum also, he also passed away. He was saying, you know what, don't worry. You love computer because he was a computer engineer, computer scientist. So he's like, we'll send right. you to computer. It's amazing. And unfortunately, he also passed away. So every time I saw this, I thought my dreams was going to be shattered. And finally, Alhamdulillah, my uncle uh, Ali here in Canada, he called me. He's like, I want you to come to Canada, but you are going into nursing. So I'm like, <laughs> dead. what is nursing? Now, again, you think 20 years back nursing and where I come from in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, nursing was like something that you would never go into. And at that time... Yeah. It was a female profession. It was not a men profession. So I'm like, why am I going to be doing nursing? But my dad was like, listen, you just need to get out of this place. You go. And uh, whenever you reach there, you'll decide whatever you have to do. So as I came here, uh, my uncle set, set me down. He's like, no, you're going to go into nursing. And then uh, yeah. one day he brought up a very good point. He said, listen, I know you like computers, but why am I telling you to go into nursing? He's because... It is a career that will enable you to put food on the table for your family. And it is a career that you will never be without a job. And you can go anywhere around the world to work right. as a nurse. So I was like, you know what, uncle, I will do it. So I went into nursing, not fully there. I started with the Lines Practical Nursing Program, or famously known in North America as Registered Nursing Assistant Program. It was a 13-month yeah. fast-paced program. And uh, was that just to kind of just to see if you're interested? And yeah. then again, I, I was a foreign student at that time. So the mm. cost for going to a four-year degree program was very expensive compared to a 13-month program. So I said, you right, know, yeah. instead of doing four years and wasting my money and then not liking what I want to do, I'd rather try the 13 months and see. After my first practicum, that was it. There was my main time. I was like, you know what? This is what I want mm. to do. And what made it was I had a patient in one of the nursing homes that I took care of. And then when I was doing my acute care orientation, this same patient was brought in for surgery. And I recognized the name and it, it happened such a coincidence that he was brought mm -hmm. into the same ward that I was and I was doing my preceptorship. And he was so sedated that he could not recognize what was going on. But when I went in, his name was Cliff. And I called his name. I said, hey, yeah. Cliff, remember me? He's like, hey, you Ahmed. And everybody <laughs> wow. was shocked. He's like, how did this guy, he could not even recognize his own wife, but he remembered my voice because I had met him in the nursing home about two months yeah. ago. And that was wow. it. That was my full stop. That was, was like, like your moment. This was my moment. I was yeah. like, this is what I need to do. Yeah, so Alhamdulillah. And then I, I continued. I find it interesting. I, I, I find continue. it interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But the fact that you didn't, you weren't sure at first, but the exposure kind of brought you into it. I find that, you know, very interesting because some people, they have their thing that they're decided on, but I guess yes. for you is, you know, yeah. It, it, it's meant, it, it was meant for me. And Alhamdulillah, I graduated from the nursing LPN program and I wasn't satisfied with what I could do. My scope of practice was very limited at that time. I wanted to do more okay. and I was uh, and I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I want to work in hmm. other critical areas. So I was like, no, I have to go back and get my registered nursing. So then I went back for the full four years. 
and got my registered nursing, graduated, and now, alhamdulillah, the roads opened wider for me as a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. So could you maybe take us through, I know you talked about you did the LPN and then you did the RN program. Could you take us through like the general training program that someone would have to go through to become a registered nurse? Okay, so I'm uh, not sure what other provinces or other countries do, but I feel like the concept would still be the same uh, overall. Okay. Uh, the LPN program um, is initially used to be 13 months, but now it's a two-year mm -hmm. program. You still require your sciences, but a little bit limited, okay? But then when okay. you step into the degree program, Bachelors of Science in Nursing, uh, in Canada, where in, in actually Alberta, in my province, we have two options. Mm -hmm. There's uh, the after degree program. So if somebody graduated with a, let's say, business degree or kinesiology degree, they could still go into nursing by taking the prerequisites. But generally, what you require is the core science subjects. For those individuals graduating from high school or who are not mature students yet, you need the core science subjects such as biology, chemistry. Uh, physics and also English. That is uh, number one. They really want you to have okay. grades in English. And as time has been mm -hmm. uh, moving along, uh, I find that the average marks or the GPA that they want you to go into these programs is very, very high. Uh, so now oh, okay. I. So it's getting more competitive. Very, very competitive. Very, very competitive. So you uh, must have great grades and uh, your marks should be really high in order to qualify for these programs. Mm -hmm. And then um, once you get into it, it's four years, right? For RN yes. or is it less? Yeah, so for LPN, it's a two-year program uh, here in mm -hmm. uh, Alberta. Uh, for the RN, it's a four-year uh, university degree program. Um, again, uh, different parts of the provinces are a little bit different. So different countries may be a little bit different. Sure. So again, the individual may have to do their own research. Uh, but mm -hmm. for my understanding, on average, it, the registered nursing program is a four-year program. Okay, great. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to go back a little more talking about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. So what specialty, I guess first, maybe for our viewers who don't know, what is a specialty? Uh, and which specialty do you practice in? So a specialty is a specific area uh, of uh, working that somebody has qualifications for or has uh, gone to school or university uh, to specialize in that particular area or expertise in that particular area. So mm -hmm. initially, when I first started, I worked in general internal medicine. And I always okay. uh, advise the new graduates that that is a perfect place to start because that is where you get to see the overall system of the individual who is uh, uh, a patient. So you get to uh, know the blood pressure, the pulse, recognize the quick signs of your patient deteriorating and what to do, the medication, because many of these patients are on tons of medications because sometimes you get to learn more about it. So that's where I started. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, inside me, there was always a adrenaline part of me. You know, I always wanted to, do CPR on somebody really badly, mm. you know? So, so I would start a shift and I would say, I wish you had a code. Code or code blue is when somebody's in cardiac arrest and you have to resuscitate. So I would always play until one of one of one day one of the nurses like Ahmed, do you know people die when you say you want code blue? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but uh, I need to practice, I need to learn, you know. But as I went on 
I stayed in internal medicine for a while, uh, for a year. And then as an LPN, I applied for a position in emergency nursing. Uh, so I still okay. worked in emergency, a little bit on the back of emergency department. When I say back, I mean in the area where patients were now admitted to uh, to, to the wards. So they are waiting. It's like a waiting area in the emergency department, waiting to go to the wards upstairs, When especially if uh, you are in a bind with beds. So I used to take care of those patients. Uh, and I always enjoyed it. And then eventually, once I got my registered nursing, I worked uh, in internal medicine for a couple of years to get my experience in uh, a charge nurse role, so nurse in charge. And then I made my journey down to eMERGE. And Alhamdulillah, I have been in the emergency uh, department now fully for the past six years. Ah, okay. Great, Alhamdulillah. And I know you had also, you also recently, you started a business. Um, so maybe do you want to talk to us more about that? And currently then, with all of that going on, what does your day-to-day -day look like right now? Alhamdulillah, you know, with that, uh, there was always part of me of entrepreneurship. But mm -hmm. I was always scared to take risks and stuff like that, you know? It started yeah, since I think a lot of people. Yes. It was since when yeah. I started in Dar es Salaam, we used to ride bicycles. So I would buy a bicycle for 20,000 shillings. I would uh, modify it a little bit. And then I would sell it for, let's say, 40,000 shillings. And I would continue making my spending money around because my dad would give me limited mm -hmm. spending money. And again, you know, I was like, no, I need more. So I have to find a way to get more. But as I continued with my nursing journey, I also enjoyed teaching. I love the education mm -hmm. aspect. So I had to find something that I was, I'm not ready yet to give my emergency part that I can just focus on education. I like to do that uh, because by being uh, in the hospital setting and emergency nursing, it keeps me current with what I do okay. every day in CPR and first aid training. Yeah. See, so mm -hmm. you know what? Life became a little bit challenging uh, here for me. And I was in a point, you know, you're trying to make ends meet and you can just not get there. And you're like, oh my mm. God, what am I going to do? And the system that we are in, they always tell you to use the credit card, credit card, credit card. And, you know, initially I got into that circle as well. And I just mm. found myself and my family just going around that circle. And Alhamdulillah, the idea of starting this uh, business started. So I started... Uh, um, I opened a business uh, providing CPR and first aid training. I initially started as CPR training only, and I started by one-on-one -on -one with individuals. I would drive for about half an hour sometimes to just teach one student, and then I would come oh, back. Oh, wow. <laughs> then oh. I would go work my night shift and then come back the next day mm -hmm. sometimes. And I started from my home in the basement, and people mm -hmm. would register, and I would think, okay, I have four students coming in today and three won't show up, they would not pay, and I end up with one student. Mm. But uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, I continue to persevere. My beautiful uh, partner, Sayada, my wife, she's my rock. She's the one who's like, no, we can do this. So she has been my greatest support with my family, uh, my kids. So we come, you know, sometimes you feel like, ah, where am I going? Sometimes it would be minus 30. I would grab my items, and I would be renting a training center, and I would go mm -hmm. there early wait for the caretaker to open the door. And as I said, sometimes people sign up five of them and only three show up. And people are not comfortable paying by credit card at that time. So it was very tough, but Alhamdulillah, I continue to persevere. And today it's about almost six years that we have had this business. Now we have our own training center. Uh, we provide CPR training, advanced cardiac life support, basic life support. 
So Alhamdulillah, first day training in Edmonton. Uh, Alhamdulillah, we have been uh, blessed. I'm very grateful yeah. uh, for the opportunity. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. What advice would you give to people who maybe they they want to start a business? A lot of people have that entrepreneurial spirit. They yes. feel a lot of uncertainty. They think, oh, you know, maybe I should just keep doing what I'm doing. What advice would you give to people to kind of surmount that? Or even decide if it's a good decision to push through and start actually go and start a business? Yeah, to start a business, it is tough because I, I mm. can relate to that because many people have a Monday to Friday job or a job that is bringing steady income. And you're like, okay, if I venture out to my own business, what right. I don't make it. Now, by thinking mm. that what if I don't make it, you have already told yourself that you're not going to make it. By thinking that, you know what, let me take a risk. I can do this. You see, and that is what took me. Uh, when I said, I can do this, we can conquer, let's do it. And I did it. And uh, yes, initially, uh, and again, many people quit the first year because things don't yeah. roll. But it's the idea right. of continuing to do the same thing, persevere. Uh, and mm. whatever you generate from your business, try and reinvest it in your business to make it better. And as you continue with your business uh, and uh, when you provide the service, and that is one thing that people uh, or individuals that are thinking of starting a business need to know is if you're providing a service or an item, you have to make sure that yours is the best. Put your 100% effort and make sure that it is the best item that you're providing. And honestly, once people start coming, one, it only takes one person. If they see how great you are, your product is, mm -hmm. they will refer you. And Alhamdulillah, right. that is yeah. what has been in our case, Alhamdulillah. Um, I also wanted to touch on your service <clears throat> to the Shia okay. community because you you were saying you've been you know program organizer, president. Um, <clears throat> Why, like, why do you do that? What do you, what does it give to you specifically? What draws you to that work? You know, um, Imran, it's a tough question. <laughs> I know. It is a very tough question, but it is a, such an important question. I'm so glad you asked that question. Very great question, actually. Um, I'm so grateful to be born and raised in Dar es Salaam because uh, everything is right in front of you. Masjid, uh, Mayfields. The tabu, the julus, everything is there. So I grew up actually in a family that um, was very oriented to community service. My two great uncles, Marhum, they have passed away, Marhum Ahmad and Marhum Hussein. They were great community service providers. My grandfather, he was Akbar Karman. He was a great um, community service as well. My mom recited uh, Marcia's. So I grew up in that environment that just kind of got me going. And uh, I right. always enjoyed doing the community service and I always liked to learn new things. So I started as a child with carrying Sabil jugs, um, the metal jugs in Dar es Salaam, and you walk in the Mambara, Sabil, Sabil, Sabil. That's how I started. And uh, that love, every time you are being given that opportunity, and that is one thing that I really uh, enjoyed and got me going, is the opportunity that we were given in Dar es Salaam of, to do things. So, like, for example, Muharram doing Ashura, all these young boys would meet and clean up the road and make sure that everybody walks uh, uh, with no stones on the road. We 
uh, put right. the black clothes and uh, also I was involved in the tabut, uh, a little bit with tabut, uh, and, but then mostly with the uh, Boy Scouts as well. And uh, also uh, our old uh, mentors, there were some other adults uh, who encouraged the youths to participate. So I also was involved in the Kafan Dafan uh, team. So they would call mm-hmm. me, hey, do you want to come and uh, do Gusal? I was like, yeah, for sure. And they would teach me. So that's how it started. And it just continued in my bloodstream. And uh, Alhamdulillah, when I came here, it was a little bit challenging because, uh, number one, the weather. Yeah. We right. <laughs> about, yeah, 40 minutes away from where Masjid is and uh, to drive back and forth and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was really far. So, and also um, with weather, you don't have Julus in winter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, but I had that in me of reciting because I used to recite Marcia, Matam in uh, Dar Islam. I carried it over here. And Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. when I went to Masjid, I was given the opportunity to recite Marcia, Matam and slowly, slowly got going and helping during the Ashura program. And one important thing that really happened to me to get me in the community here in Edmonton was I remember vividly on the night uh, of Ali Akbar, uh, Muharram, ninth night of Muharram. Uh, mm-hmm. I was not feeling well. I had flu-like symptoms. And um, one of the adults, elder of the community, Brother Akbar Bhimji, uh, he called me. He's like, you need to come to Masjid tonight. I want you to recite. I said, uncle, I'm not feeling well today. He's like, no, you have to come. So I took the Tylenol cold and flu and I went to Masjid. Mm-hmm. And as soon as mm-hmm. I got to Masjid, he told me that uh, myself and uh, Marhum, he was the president at that time, Marhum Muhammad Sandala, we want to bring the youths into the community to take over the leadership. We thought you would be the Muki. You will need to run this program. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you are giving <laughs> me this last minute and I have never done it. But I said, you know, Allah, I'm here. Khair, let's do it. So they gave me the podium. I started making announcements and I made the announcement. Yeah. And they also told me the Ashura, and, Ashura, and as you are familiar, the Ashura program mm-hmm. is a long program, right? Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, Ashura program, how am I going to do this? But Alhamdulillah, <laughs> you see, the experience is when I was looking at these individuals in Dar es Salaam, I remember these uncles that they used to run the Julus. They would hold a walkie-talkie at that time. And I was a little child, but I was like, ah, I wish I can have this opportunity. I wish one day I can do this. Mm. Never thinking that 15 years later, you will have the same opportunity. And here I was right in front running the whole Ashura program. And Alhamdulillah, the adults who got me to do it, they were very impressed. So they were like, now we have Ayn coming. You have to plan the program (laughs) for 10 nights. So I said, Alhamdulillah, I'll do it. So I went ahead and did it. And Alhamdulillah, there was an election after community mm-hmm. elected to be the Muki at that time. So again, during that time, I continued to serve the community. Um, we changed a few things at that because again, we have to allow the new generation to take over. Remember, my generation is different. Your generation is different. The reciprocation, mm-hmm. we reciprocated yeah. to things would be different than the way you reciprocate. So sometimes in when we have to give chance to those who are younger than us to come in because they bring in new ideas, new talents, and that way it keeps the Jamaat running. People get uh, mm. keep coming, you know, they um, yeah. see what is done. So Alhamdulillah, I was blessed to have few youths in the community that uh, mentored as well, Alhamdulillah, and they continue to run the programs at Masjid. So it was great. I was a Muki for about four years. And then um, 
I took a break for two years and then I got the opportunity uh, to become the president of the Jamaat for two years. Alhamdulillah, I served the community. But again, as I mentioned, uh, leadership is something that you have to learn how to sometimes let go and let another person come in. And that is exactly, I'm glad that I did it at that time because it was now time for other individuals to come in and bring up their vision, their ideas, that way our community can grow, you know. Sometimes we may yeah. not agree with each other, but other individuals have different way of doing things, different vision, so that we can proceed as a community. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, sounds like you are juggling a lot of roles. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like your business. Yeah. And st I mean, actually, perhaps still because of your business. Uh, yes, actually, I was juggling quite a lot. Um, when yeah. um, once... Uh, I got married, uh, I mm -hmm. went, see, when I graduated my LPN program, I had to sponsor my wife. So I sponsoring mm -hmm. my wife, I had to work for full time. Uh, and I really wanted to go back to school at that time to do my RN program. But I had mm -hmm. to show that I had enough income, I enough support to support my wife that I'm sponsoring. So as soon as she mm -hmm. came to Edmonton, within three months, I went to school, uh, to university to start my degree program. And while I was in school doing my degree program, I was the Muki of the Jamaat as well. So now here you have the assignments, <laughs> you come back, you run to Masjid, you come back. And especially yeah. the months of uh, Rajab, Shaban, Ramadan, Muharram and Safar, they were the busiest months. And it required a lot of juggling. And Alhamdulillah, as I mentioned earlier, my, my partner uh, was a great support. And uh, so we were able to do these things. Okay. Yeah. And we were able to juggle. And sometimes it was very challenging for me because I would go to school, I have a massive program running, and I had to work at the same time. I couldn't call in sick and lie that, oh, I'm sick so that I could go to massive. That is not what the Ahlul Bayt teaches. So yeah, I was very blessed to have a few individuals in the community, the youths, um, Brother Mason, Brother Muhammad Ali Sher Ali, uh, Muhammad Mavani, uh, Brother Muhammad Jamal. There were the few individuals who I actually had trained and showed them how things were running. So when I was not there, they would cover. So these young individuals were under 20 years of age and they were running already the program at Masjid and running it, not just like that, running it effectively and like mm. beautifully, you know? So Alhamdulillah, I had uh, uh, backup support from these individuals and Alhamdulillah, uh, Allah was looking out for me as well at that time as I was sacrificing. So I was able to do it. Yeah. And this is just now again, juggling. I know you mentioned the question yeah. earlier, juggle. It can be challenging. Yes. Again, right. I try and uh, remember, I try and uh, remind myself that I'm still young, but honestly, before what I used to do is I used to work a uh, night 12 shift. So I would go to work at 7.30 at night, come out at 7.45 and I would be teaching another class at nine o'clock in the morning, come home, sleep wow. for five hours, go do another night shift. But I must tell you with aging time, mm -hmm. it is up. I cannot rebound back that fast mm -hmm. anymore. You know, but at that time, it, <laughs> again, this is uh, brings us to the question that you asked me where individuals are reluctant to take that risk of entrepreneurship. This yeah. is where you, you see the first two, three years, you have to put your time, you have to put your effort. You mm -hmm. can't expect, to start a business and just sit there and wait. It's not going to work. And uh, many people say, you know, if Allah wills, it will work. Yes, if Allah wills, it will work. But 
you have to show Allah that you are putting that effort. So Allah says, you put 1%, I will come back 99% for you. So again, yeah. we have to put our effort uh, and definitely the support is going to come from Allah for sure. Inshallah. Um, we are unfortunately almost out of time, but I want to definitely ask you this one qu last question and then your final piece of advice for our okay. listeners. For um, sure. So now, so now this one, I know, you know, over the past year, it must have been crazy to be a, in, in emergency medicine uh, during COVID. So what can you tell us about how you managed to avoid burnout or keep it at bay? And, you know, what, maybe what advice do you have for our listeners around that? Very true. Um, this uh, almost two years, uh, it has been challenging for the, um, actually worldwide has been very challenging, but it has been yeah. a huge stressor for the uh, healthcare team, especially those mm -hmm. involved in one-on-one uh, -on -one in providing services to those who are affected with COVID. Uh, I've had friends who have uh, quit nursing completely. I've had mm -hmm. friends who have left provinces to go to another province. I have uh, have I have friends or friends of friends who are paramedics or nurses who have committed suicide because of the mm -hmm. stress and the pressure. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so many people manage their stress or how to avoid burnout in a different way. For me, Alhamdulillah, what worked is number one. Um, with nursing, you have a rotation that you can pick. Either you want a full-time right. or a part-time rotation. So I was fortunate mm -hmm. to have a 0.7 uh, rotation, and it worked perfect with my business. So I can do a little bit at the hospital mm -hmm. and then some uh, business part. Uh, and then I went down to a little bit of a lower FTE, a full-time equivalent, so it's a 0.4. So my shifts are a bit lesser. Okay. But again, regardless of what it is, you deal with uh, people who are dying and people who are mm -hmm. sick. Family cannot see their loved ones. People are dying. Family cannot go in and say goodbye. You know, so it is very tough. So how I manage is number one is uh, when I go to work, the first thing I say is, uh, oh Allah, I'm going to work for your sake only. You know, when we cinemas, we say, Allah. but when I go to work, it is part of Ibadah as well. So I say, God, you want us to do Ibadah. This is my Ibadah going to work. You help me. So Alhamdulillah, I go in and I come out. And um, I've been able to leave many things at work. But sometimes you see scenarios that it's hard for you to come out of your head. So sometimes you bring it home and coming home uh, with my family, Alhamdulillah, we talk about it and the support. And the most important thing that really helps is my uh, Salat and uh, reading the Quran. It gives me strength and makes me look forward to another day. And also adding variety of in my career of teaching. So I know, okay, I have three shifts at the hospital. So I do my three shifts hmm. and then I look forward to something else. Oh, I'll be teaching. Right. So again, the energy is different. The energy in the classroom mm -hmm. and in the, the hospital setting is two different energies that you see. So Alhamdulillah, that has been able to keep me, uh, avoid the burnout and also uh, exercising. I go to the gym, mm -hmm. I go for a walk outside and take the kids to play soccer. So it just occupies my mind and then Time flies and then we move on. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Great. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So just having that balance. Having that balance. Everything. Yeah. And, and knowing, you know, sometimes people push and guilt will hmm. hit you. Uh, some people feel guilty. Oh, I have to do it. I have to know. You have to know your limits that, okay, I need to take a break. I need to sleep for two days and I'll be back. Mm -hmm. So when you come back, 
you are fully rejuvenated, ready to give again. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's so important, you know, being fresh for your patients, being able to be at 100% for them. Um, so we are unfortunately out of time, but I do want to get your final piece of advice. So if, if there was one thing that you wanted our listeners to take away from this show, uh, okay. what would it be? Uh, you know, Imran, I, I, I knew that you're going to ask me this question. So I had five yes. pointers. I'll try and make it quick if that's okay with you. Sure. That's uh, if, you ask, if you ask me, I will always tell you uh, what has worked for me. Number one, keep Allah first. Okay. Let him, he is our driver, but put it in your head that he is our driver and hold on to the Ahlul Bayt. You will get to places that you have never imagined. Number two, have a vision. Think where you're going, what you want to do. Sometimes it may mean taking risks, but inshallah, it will work out. The third thing I have is share your knowledge. My dad always told me, whatever you know, teach another person because somebody else will come and teach you more and it will elevate your knowledge. And honestly, that has worked tremendously in my life. Uh, four, I would say financial knowledge is very important. Um, youths and the community member need to learn about the finance, uh, how to manage their finances, uh, how to make their money work for them and so on and so forth and not get carried away in the system that is already in place of getting us into credit, using our credit cards, and then only to get up into debt. And lastly, I would say a very, very important thing, uh, Imran, is be grateful. Um, give thanks to Allah for whatever happens in your life, whether good or bad. Allah knows the best. Sometimes, mm. every day, if you just pick three things, it could be simple as having clean water. Um, that is one grateful thing that you have uh, accomplished. So those are a few things that I had in mind. I know you asked for one, but I gave you five. <laughs> well, thank you. Five is better than one, right? Thank you for teaching us as well. Uh, you're number three. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us and, and our listeners. We really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. I, th I thank you for the opportunity. I wish you all the best with what you do. And please continue doing what you're doing. Uh, this is Sawa Bejaria. Though you're not working with people directly, this is Sawab If somebody learns something from any of our community members and uh, it helps them, hey, we are already winning. And honestly, if somebody listens to me, I get the barakat. And guess who gets extra yes. barakat with you for doing this talk show? Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you again. Um, and, and we hope to stay in contact with you. And, and hopefully our, our viewers can reach out to you on, on our app as well. Thank Inshallah. You. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the You Mentor Talk show. Um, tune into the show in two weeks. Next week, we're taking a break for uh, Thanksgiving in the U.S. Uh, for another interview. Um, and remember, you can always catch our previous episodes, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, and our app. So there's lots of places where you can watch our show. Um, thank you again, everyone. Mojat Reach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.